Greetings and salutations, you kinky fucks. Welcome back for what I believe is episode 90 of Kinks with Kiki. First of all, let me just start by saying I did not believe I would get to episode 90, but here we are. I'm so close to episode 100. Uh, I can't believe it, but yeah, we are at officially episode 90. So I'm just going to go ahead and jump right in there and I'm going to go with S&M, aka song and mood of the week is going to be Send It On by D'Angelo. All right, so I chose that song because actually it has a lot to do with some things in Weekly with Kiki. So I chose Send It On by D'Angelo because of my week, one of the events that happened during my week, but I, it's a mood, like it puts me in a mood I've been in a certain type of mood for the last week so oh that song it's just it's one of those songs and you all know we have our song that does it to us every time send it on is definitely one of the songs that who child does it for me so S&M aka song in my mood of the week is going to be Send It On by D'Angelo. So, Weekly with Kiki. So, I got the opportunity to go to the Heart of Soft podcast two-year anniversary mixer, which was at this amazing place called Putnam Pub in Brooklyn. I want to say it was Clinton Hill. I'm just going to say it was Clinton Hill. I just, the neighborhoods, they all blur, blur, but it was off of, I think, Clinton. So it was definitely Clinton Hill. And I, you know, mixed and mingled with some of their listeners, some mutual people that we knew. I got to meet Rogue90, aka Sanity Thief. I love her so much. Like, Oh my gosh, she's such an amazing woman. She's so beautiful. Like I had a time just meeting different people, their listeners. Shout out to George Cruz because we stayed in an event. I love that for us. But George showed up, I think like an hour after because I know he had to work. But shout out to George Cruz because this is the second event in the last two or three weeks where I have seen your face, sir. So shout out to you. But I did get to meet like a lot of amazing people and it was a cute mixer. Like they had a private bartender and you were able to get food and I don't know what type of witchcraft and witchery and sorcery (laughs) was in the freaking uh, drinks, but the drinks were absolutely phenomenal. But yeah, those drinks were definitely legendary. It was Amaretta Sours. Like he, the bartender was literally all I saw him doing is making Amaretta Sours like literally the whole night. Every time I turned to the bar and I looked, it was like an egg white going into the shaker. And I'm like, oh, it is real. I had to, y'all know I can't drink. So I was a little tipsy. It was good. Um, I got to see Orlando, got to see Tahoe. 
but the performances in these little rooms that they had were so fucking fire so there was like a professional lap dancer there and she was so sensual and so sexy and I am currently looking for her name so I can give you all her name but she was a phenomenal dancer like it was like mind-blowing I think she had I'm not kidding I really think she had like literally all of us under her spell because everybody was just looking at her and like I, I really feel like we were we were enamored because you could hear people behind me and everybody was like oh yes all the dancing like all the women the men were just spellbound um her name on ig is i love great and it's l-o i'm sorry a-i-l-o-v-g-r-a-t-e I love great and it was a phenomenal show um if you saw my ig story you saw i po- um, posted some things of her i have other pictures and uh videos that i didn't post but she was phenomenal and she was literally a show within herself like everything about her was like it screamed feminism and just that energy and sensualness it was fire so i thoroughly enjoyed i love great because she was amazing and she was a sweetheart uh, and she does classes. So for those who are looking, I just gave you her IG name is I Love Great. And you can find her and follow her for updates on classes and everything. Uh, there was another room. This was my room. <laughs> like I just was like, can we do this like more? Can this go further? But there was a room that had like samples of sensory deprivation so I mean sensory deprivation sensory play if you guys know you've heard me say long enough that sensory play is genuinely one of my favorite types of kink um and she literally had everything that I would desire in like a sensory play session it was she had these gloves called vampire gloves and basically what she would do with them she put them on and she would like slightly rub across like your arms because she was only doing arms because it was like a a demonstration like she's rubbing across your arms and you can feel like the slight prick of the gloves and it was like amazing and she like opened your senses told you to like close your eyes breathe deep she had essential oils and asked you what was your favorite and of course she had lemongrass and that is my favorite essential oil um and she just like gave you the sense of like calm and the smells of the lemongrass and just me closing my eyes and relaxing and focusing on my breathing she had a wartenberg wheel which is another one of my faves because depending on type of pressure it can either be pleasurable or it can be a little painful or it can be both depending on who you are i'm a masochist so it works for me and the thing that really like stole the show for me so she had a violet wand and you guys know I did an episode ooh, years back I feel like it was like 2018 on electric play and how I'm so curious to get into electric play and I haven't gotten into it yet because I haven't found anybody to explore that particular um, type of play with but she had a wand and she held a piece of it it was attached to the main portion of the wand and she held it and it literally sent like electricity through her body so anything that she touched or anyone it was like a shock 
and she was rubbing all down like my arms up and down and I swear the tingle I felt in my spine that radiated down my legs almost had me like just thinking about it now like I'm trembling like whoo <laughs> I definitely have to get a violet one because baby I need that type and this I'm literally getting shivers and it wasn't even sexual it was literally just her like in the electron like the shocks touching like my arms and I'm just like, <laughs> like shout out to Tasha talks a lot hey Tasha hey girl she um she actually recorded it for me she sent it to me the next day but like y'all if you are into or curious about any type of shock electric violet eye 10 out of 10 recommend it was phenomenal like I swear like I was like oh I think my ass and my cooch just jumped like <laughs> like it felt so amazing like I need that in my life in the near future so what else have I had going on oh I had the opportunity uh to be on my <laughs> ex-doms podcast this weekend uh no earlier this week um called who 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 needs a podcast anyway I'm sorry for laughing because so the whole podcast like please go listen it's a great episode I've gotten good feedback from their listeners um these are his friends have been his friends this podcast is not sex BDSM kink related at all it's just three men from three different walks of life talking about life you know men shit and men's business so when I come on the show they are just assuming I'm a friend they didn't know any of the information that I dropped and if you want to hear what I told the stories I've told about he and I and all the things that I'm into you have to go listen I'm not gonna spill it here so anyway but that was really 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 fun I had a great time doing that podcast and I look forward to definitely doing it again soon uh that was really really awesome but those were two of my highlights from the last two weeks. Of course, I've just been working because it's all I ever do. But now that the weather's starting to break up a little bit, I am getting out to the streets because <laughs> I'm trying to be for the streets this summer. And I just, I really want to, like, I thoroughly just want to enjoy the summer. That's all I keep saying. Like, I don't understand why, like, that's a weird concept for some men. Because when they hear to the streets, they think you want to be out here hoeing. Which, if I choose to, that is, I'm well within my right. I am single. I am completely unattached to anybody. And I don't owe anybody shit. Because it is just me. But I want to have fun. And I'm starting to do things a lot more. Starting to go out a lot more. Trying to find parties. Trying to find events. Trying to find bars. Like, I'm trying to go to a bar tonight <laughs> but of course by the time you guys hear this it will be Monday however I am recording it is the weekend bitch so I'm trying to really go outside because why not get drunk have fun go home safe safely and soundly that's all I want to do uh I feel like I had something else did I have anything else that happened in the last you know what fuck it I did so you know how we manifest and we put good energy and great vibes out into the universe and we tell the universe what it is that we want in hopes of being great people and getting those things back in return because I believe what you put out you get back. 
So I've been doing that. But it's, it's depending on who the person is and how you view it, it's not necessarily a positive thing. I see it as of right now, for me personally, it is a positive thing. So I have put out in the universe that I do not want to date anyone in New York because of my own personal reasons, things that, you know, are happening in the future. I, my focus right now is getting to that part of my future. And unfortunately, dating someone in New York does not, is not going to be feasible for the future that I see for myself. So because of that, I'm just, you know, I put it, I was like, I just don't want to date anybody. Like I remember telling my coworker, he was like, you are literally about to find the love of your life because you are rebuking dating. And I'm like, I just, I don't want to right now. The time that I have left, like on this time frame that I put for myself to make moves and to secure my future does not have a man in that picture. Not saying that it's not possible, but for me, for my tunnel vision and for me to stay on fo- like on the track that I'm trying to stay on, unfortunately, a man in New York is not doable. I mean, totally doable, but it's not, I'm not trying to fall in love and meet and date and marry somebody in New York. It's just not happening. And I'm adamant about this and I'm putting it out there and I'm like, not even trying, like I'm not on any dating sites anymore. Like, I'm like, don't hook me up with nobody. Don't say you got a homeboy. No, I'm cool. Like, cause as of now, like I finally gotten to the point where everything that I'm doing is literally about me. If a relationship happens to come after I get that done, perfect. But right now, I personally feel like anybody here would be detrimental and a distraction. So I'm like, I don't want to date anybody. (laughs) And like now men are just flocking. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not kidding. Like they're coming out of everywhere. And I'm just like, did did the sign, like y'all do the actual opposite. Did the sign go off on my forehead? Like she ain't trying to date nobody. And everybody's like, well, let me date you. I want to get to know you. See, no, where were y'all niggas? Where were your antennas literally four months ago before I decided to make this decision official? Where were your antennas when I wasn't sure what I wanted my next step to be? When I wanted to date, nobody was around. It was just radio silence and tumbleweeds. Now that I'm adamant and I'm vocalizing I'm putting it in the universe like please do not bring anybody my way because you see I have plans and you know what they say if you want to make God laugh tell them your plans I'm putting it out there in the universe and I'm like don't bring anybody's dusty son my way and now everybody's flocking this way and I'm like what the fuck yo like so now I get that this is probably a test from the universe to see if I meant what I said with conviction and I have because I've been curving a lot of people and I don't know if that's going to get worse during the summer or what, but I have been like, you are going to be the person who ruins my plans. And my plans that I have in the future are only for me. They're going to be for the betterment of me and for the security of me and my future going forward. What? Like universe, y'all don't want to give me that after I've secured my bag and secured my, you know, place in the world and like, put down some roots finally because y'all know I'd be out here just nomading it up like I'm actually ready to put down roots in a space secure like my career in a space 
And I can't do that because a man is going to distract me, especially a man in New York. So I'm just like, what, what the, like, y'all don't want to listen? Like, whoever's out there, like, my angels, y'all numbers, like, y'all don't want to listen to me when I'm telling you, like, just get, no, put them on the back burner because I have. Don't send them my way. I'm saying it again. Y'all see me saying it out loud. I'm saying it to the listeners. I'm saying it to the universe, all my angels, everybody. Don't send me anybody right now. My only focus is securing me. Because personally, right now, I've decided to be too selfish to care about a man's feelings, to care about a man's well-being, to care about a man's anything. I genuinely just want to secure me. And once I'm secure, I will be open again to dating and it will probably be radio silence and tumbleweeds. But what the fuck ever. So I said all that to say, like, I really see what they mean when they say you literally get what you need when you don't want it. I don't want it. Please don't send him my way, Lord. Like, (laughs) that's literally all I can say at this point. Don't send him my way. I'm chilling. You know, we've discussed these plans already, sir. You know exactly what I want to do in the next year or so. Just listen. Pay attention. We hear. Okay. It's going to conclude weekly with Kiki because ciao. Mm -hmm. What's going on on Twitter? I don't know. Okay. All right, guys. So this week is not going to be an episode about a kink or an episode about a fetish, but it's going to be a review episode. So I had the pleasure of watching the movie on Netflix called Love and Leashes. And I've gotten a a little bit of feedback. It's like some DMs, like text, I mean, not text messages, tweets telling me like, oh girl, you should review this. I think you'll love it. And you know what? They were absolutely right. It is so freaking adorable. So I'm going to try to give you all, because I took a shit ton of notes a couple of weeks ago, um, but I'm going to try to keep it as quick as possible because I don't want this to be an overly long episode. So I'm just going to go ahead and like premise it by saying spoiler alert. (laughs) If you have not watched this movie and you are interested in listening, if you're interested in watching this movie, my suggestion for you now is to stop right here. Listen to Weekly with Kiki. Listen to why I'm obsessed with D'Angelo right now and all of my endeavors trying to be in the streets. But you need to stop right here because I'm about to start okay so Love and Leashes is a Korean based BDSM rom-com let that sink in because I haven't seen a BDSM rom-com I've seen a BDSM romance that typically goes dark but this one was light and fluffy a little bit of darkness but not too much where I'm like like 50 shades dark it wasn't like the secretary dark it was light and fluffy it was kind of like not sex in the city but it was kind of like one of the rom-coms you know the new york rom-coms but with whips and bruises loved it so it's in english completely uh dubbed over um you can tell that they're speaking in their native tongue or their native language and they just have like the voiceovers in english and i'm pretty sure in korea it's just in like their language so it's cool I like that because I, oh child, I'm not even going to talk about anime because I've learned to keep anime to myself for these last, oof, 
I've, I've learned, um, because you know, niggas, they assume that you're doing it for the attention of a man or they want to gatekeep. I've said that before. I'm sticking to it. That's a hill I'm going to die on. I don't talk about anime. That's why y'all don't see me tweet about it. Watch the shit literally every day. And I never talk about it. So this is the most you're going to get out of me when it comes to anime. So probably don't ask me no questions because you're not going to Jojo yourself or Jotaro yourself into some pussy. I promise. Anyway, so this movie has two characters, a woman and a man. But they have similar names. So the guy's name is Jihoo. We're going to use their last names because this is what they use to keep them focused. So they have the first same name, first, the same first name <laughs> and different last names. His last name was Jihoo and her last name was Jiwoo. So... They work at this company and I couldn't really configure, like really couldn't figure out what company. I feel like it was like a children's company, but they typically, they worked in the PR department for this company. Jihoo, which is the guy, was new and he was the new assistant manager. And the actual manager of the company seemed a little douchey and he seemed like low-key a creep, but... He's not really relevant to the story. He's just one of the people that work in the PR department. So Jihoo and Jiwoo, as soon as they meet, like once the manager introduces everybody to Jihoo, is like, oh, he's going to be our new assistant manager. He and Jiwoo, the woman, have this amazing chemistry. It's super cute. I honestly did not know what direction this was going to go into. Like, I didn't know because you know how it is. Stereotypically, we are used to the man being the dominant woman being the submissive. So I was like, oh, this is going to be adorable. I didn't know which way it was going to go until I kept watching. And I'm like, it was cute. So they, you know, they meet, they have an instant chemistry and they're just working like they're functioning everybody's talking about jihoo and how he's like super adorable and like oh he's like they flirting with them and it's super cute like this is such an adorable movie and like jiwoo's friend is like don't you think he's cute and she's like he all right or whatever <laughs> so that's literally like how they are it's like uh, he seemed like he got a fan club da 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 I'm not going to tell this in black girl story. I promise you I'm going to try not to, but it's, I'm not Korean. So I got to tell it how I'm going to tell the story. But so they're, you know, they're working, they're functioning. Um, G, like Jihoo talks, I mean, Jiwoo talks about it like with her mom. Her mom looks young as fuck, first of all. Like y'all know Asian people age so beautifully, like amazingly. So she's talking about it with her mom and, you know, she's like, okay, new manager. He's cute, whatever. So the next day, <laughs> Jihoo, the guy, is supposed to be receiving a package at work. Like he's frantic. He found out his package was delivered and he's running around like a maniac. And he's like, oh my God, where's my package? I don't know what, what to do. And Jiwoo actually is the one who receives his package. But she's thinking that it's just a package for the job. Like she didn't think anything of it to the degree of like, oh shit, this is, you know, his package. She was thinking it was a work package. So she opens it and it is a whole collar and a whole leash. And he comes up to her and he's like, 
oh, you opened my package. And she's like, yeah, what is this? And <laughs> and Jihoo's like, oh, it's for my poodle. Um, I'm sorry that you opened it, but oops, sorry. I'm sorry that you opened it, but yeah, it's for my dog. So he hands like, so Jiwoo, Jihoo gets the box from Jiwoo and a, like a coupon open, like a coupon falls out of the box and it is literally a picture of a woman with the collar and the leash on. <laughs> and like, she doesn't say anything. Like she just, she kind of like almost like low-key keeps his secret. She doesn't like give him any judgmental faces or anything. And she doesn't look at him like, ugh, what are you into? Like she really is just like, all right, take your collar, sirs. Like you don't want your coupon? And he was like, <laughs> the faces that he was making because it was very telling. I mean, as soon as I saw the collar, like it still was a little bit like, you don't know if he bought the collar for somebody, if it's for him, you couldn't tell. But it was super adorable. She's like, here are your coupon. He's <laughs> like super awkward. So we go forward and because Jihoo does not have a tribe for his BDSM and his kink, he's on like this BDSM chat line and he's like worried because he's talking to the woman. He's like, oh my God, my coworker just found out my, like this collar is for a human, this leash is for a human. And he's terrified because he's afraid that she's going to find out his secret. And the woman is telling him like not to say anything and just keep it to himself. Because if she didn't say anything, then you should just keep it to yourself. All right, fast forward. So Jiwoo is just randomly running at night. And I, again, I don't know anything about Korea. I don't know their crime rates, but I just know running at night ain't a thing here in Brooklyn. Like not for me anyway, because I just like safety, not saying that it's not safe, but you never know. Shit goes down everywhere. But I just know at night, a woman by herself, a black woman by herself is a no. So she's running at night and she runs by this sex shop and she's looking through the window and she starts fantasizing about Jihoo. And like he attempts to put the collar on her, but she stops him. And as she's fantasizing, her mom, so I'm guessing she was running near her house. Her mom interrupts her um, and tells her to go into the shop, making her cringe. And she becomes like all awkward and like shrivels. And her mom was like, do you want it? I will buy it. And it was like so adorable. She's like, mom, stop. So when I saw that, I instantly was like, oh, shit. He's a dumb. Okay, I'm with it. Go off, Jihoo. Like, I'm hyped. So, we see all that. And I'm guessing that, like, the next scene, I'm guessing that they were, like, working on a weekend or something. And the PR department was working on a weekend because they had an event coming up. And, of course, when you're planning for an event and it's close, sometimes you just got to work on weekends and late nights. It is what it is. Um, But Jihoo sends a text message that he didn't mean to while he was in the supply closet. He was getting something for the assignment for the event that they had planned. But he ended up sending it to Jiwoo by accident. Like he was in the middle of sending it and then he hesitated and then he stopped. But as he stopped, she walked into the supply closet and he panics and put on this big ass mascot head 
And she's like, who's in there? And he wouldn't say who he was. And she's like, he's panicking in the mask. I mean, in the, like the mascot head. And she's like, wait, calm down. Wait, wait. And he falls and hits his head on the floor. So I think he was like dizzy or something. And she was telling him like, don't move, don't move. So Jibu takes him to a doctor. Like he thanks her, he apologizes. And then she apologizes and explains uh, why it is that she felt the way she did at work. Um, but I really think it was like Jihu misinterpreted her words. And he was like, she was like, no, you know, I'm really sorry. Like, no, I completely get it. And because of like, he's hearing it, he's like, oh shit. She like, <laughs> I'm stop cussing. Cause I'm really explaining this like black girl, but she's like, he's like, oh shit. She's into BDSM. And then he just like, floods out all these words he's like oh my god i'm so happy i finally found like a tribe and it's so good to find somebody else who's in the bdsm and who's in the kink and like he exposes like all of his tendencies and everything that he's into and like g was like whoa i didn't say i was into any of that and he like falls apart he's like oh shit i don't told this woman everything about me and she's not into it at all she's gonna expose me at work and he's freaking but because he says this and she already you can see that they have a crush on each other like she's already like curious about him so it sends her down a rabbit hole like he's telling her like oh my god I'm a submissive and you know like I didn't see that coming I did not see him becoming the submissive but he's like I'm a submissive and I'm looking for a master and this is my thing I'm into BDSM I love this you're with it my tribe and she's like nah but it sends her down a rabbit hole so she starts doing like all this research and stuff and she's reading up on BDSM itself like the acronym and She's learning about like bondage and dominance and submission and like master masochism. Like she's learning about all of that. And a few days later, a few days later, Jiwoo sends a text message asking to speak to Jihoo. So for context, just to keep y'all, cause it's a lot of who's and woos. Jiwoo is the woman, Jihoo is the man. So she sends him a text message while they're at work. Like he's working at his desk. She's working at her desk. And she asks to speak with him in the work lounge. So when he comes into the work lounge, she offers him a blindfold. She sits him down and asks him why he wants someone like her as a master. Because when he was like exposing everything, he's like, oh my God, I love you. I would love someone like you as a master. I'm a, like, I'm a submissive. This would be amazing. And she asks, like, why do you want someone like me as a master? And he explains, like, why he likes her and why he thinks she'd be a good master. So Jiwoo seems down to explore with Jihoo and she accepts the role as his master. So the next day, like, Jihoo establishes rules with Jiwoo. She gives him a pair of glasses that seem to double as, like, his collar in public and like she gives him a contract and said we can do this for three months they both do their vetting they you know express hard limits they express soft limits they express what's tolerable what's not tolerable he tells her what he's into and what he's looking for in a master and you know it's dope first of all the glasses situation as a collar in public is fucking fire 
I already wear glasses, so not happening. But my idea of a public collar, um, I'm pretty cool. With, honestly, me, I'm pretty cool with wearing collars in public. But if it's something I know, like if I'm like we're out and about after hours, I'm wearing my collar. But if I'm at work, I would prefer like a nice necklace or a necklace that's kind of like a choker. But glasses as like almost like a sense of ownership as a collar to me was fucking fire. But anyway, so once they've established like all their rules, they've established that this is going to be a three month contract, hard limits, soft limits. They go to a hotel to have their first play session. So Jiwoo, our good sis, (laughs) puts this collar and this leash on Jiwoo. It starts like a little pet play. It's cute. Like he eats out of her hand. He barks when spoken to. But what happened that turned everything left was somebody in the room next to them were having sex. And Jiwoo is in his pet space. He goes the fuck off. Like he is barking. He is growling. And they don't know that this is a human. So they're like having sex. You hear them moaning. They're going at it. And then all of a sudden it just gets quiet. And they are like, he's like, ruff, 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 like barking at them. You see, even my dog got startled. He's looking at me like, bitch, the fuck? Like, <laughs> sorry, little dog. Um, But he's like barking and growling. And they were like, yo, shut your dog the fuck up. So it kind of threw off. Like she wasn't expecting him to like, go full on into like pet space. I don't know if that's a thing. Please correct me if it's not called pet space. I know, you know, subspace. I don't know if it's pet space, but he's going off and they're like, yo, shut your dog up, bro. And like that kind of ended like their first session wasn't all that great because one, she didn't know what to expect. Two, she wasn't expecting him to go off, like not off the rails, but like for him to just completely go off and go into full like puppy mode. So the next day, Jiwoo apologizes because she doesn't feel like she was really prepared for the session. And Jihoo, being the experienced one in BDSM, he offered to plan the next one. So he takes her to dinner for her birthday and he buys her a pair of red pumps. And she asked him just flat out, like, because she knew what the pumps were for. So she asked him, like, yo, you want me to step on you? And he's like, yeah, I really, really want you to step on me. So he proceeds to like bend over and she steps on his back in stilettos. It's pain. You can see the mark. She's stepping with her full body weight on this man's spine, on his back. And he's loving it. And she's like, oh, this is, you know, I can do this. This is pretty simple. Like it doesn't seem like it's causing any problems or anything, but he loves it. So... At this point, once they get past that, like they get past the first unsuccessful attempt and then they get to the second attempt, which was her birthday dinner, they literally are in the throes of things. Like there is a scene and this probably was my favorite scene of the entire fucking movie. Uh, There's a scene where Jihoo is in a bathtub and he is gagged. And Jiwoo is pouring wax all over his back. Like at this point, Jihoo, I mean Jihoo, Jiwoo had completely tapped into her dominant bag. And it was like everything from 
the play scenes to even the workplace, she was getting more dominant. Like I feel like this state of dominance in her was boosting her confidence. And like, it was even starting to show in like her work and everything and how she handles people in the workplace because how she was handling him, like do this, do that, don't do this, sit here, stop, go. Like literally controlling this man, she started slightly doing it in the workplace. And Jihu gets a little jealous. He's like, I don't really like, you know, that you're being this dominant towards men in the office. And he confronts her about it. And she teases him with punishment, which she asked for. But when she, um, um, like I said, uh, so he teases her. Sorry, guys. I got my phone buzzed. I got thrown off. He teases her. She teases him with the form of punishment um, that he asked for, but then she doesn't follow through. So he's like, I want this. I want you to do this. And she's like, no, like, I don't know if I can do that. Like he basically, he's wanting her to like, kind of talk like humiliation almost. Like he wanted her to talk kind of like down to him. So then out of nowhere, she's like kind of trying to build up the, like the mustards, like to do it. Like, and she calls him a little bitch. And then she like, Full on starts humiliating him and he is mesmerized y'all like I'm like oh my god he's the perfect submissive and that's why I kept saying like this movie dead ass makes me want like a male submissive like she is calling him everything like talking about his dick and how it looks and that is small like full-on humiliation that she knew he would love but the way he was looking at this woman, it was so phenomenal. Like their chemistry in this entire movie was amazing. And like she is literally, she grabs him like by his collar and she's like dragging him through the office and throwing shit and like cursing at him and berating him. And he is having the time of his life. So now they're in the thick of it, y'all. And... After that scene, it jumps to a scene where he is being flogged by Jiwoo. And it is not a nice type of flogging. Like, it was pretty severe to the point where it, like, split his back. He had, like, bleeding, like, welts and, like, bruises. And Jiwoo is, you know, taking it all in stride. But then afterwards, Jiwoo tends to his wounds and performs aftercare. So they're having a conversation and while they're in the middle of their conversation and like Jiwoo is, you know, tending to Jihoo's wounds, his ex-girlfriend calls and Jiwoo is like, okay, what's going on here? And he explains to her, oh, excuse me. So sorry. Um, he explains to her that his ex-girlfriend still hates him. Because he told her that he was into BDSM. So Jiwoo states that she doesn't understand why you wouldn't do something for someone you loved if they liked it. And that was a great quote in this movie because I'm down to try almost anything. If it's something that my partner's interested in, I'm willing to try it to see where we get and... If it's not for me, I am very vocal in saying I tried, I, you know, gave it the college try. It's not for me. And I can only pray that my partner respects it. So Jiwoo then questions, what are they outside of the play sessions? Because at this point, there are a few play sessions in. 
She's fully dominating him. And you can kind of see that some feelings are starting to grow there because they haven't had sex. It's only been like physical scenes or like dominating scenes or even little things as far as like berating him. Well, not little things, but things to the degree of non-sexual things like berating him and humiliating him. So she's curious. She's like, you know, we haven't had sex yet. I'm kind of pondering on it. So I'm curious, but he, you know, he talks about his girlfriend and everything and why he's afraid he doesn't want to get hurt again because when he tells women that he's into this, he's treated basically like a lark. So he's a little, you know, a little iffy about it because this is the first woman with Jihoo, I mean, Jiwoo that he found that's actually willing to do it with him. So the next day after, you know, his wounds are healed and everything, he's planning like a dinner for him and Jiwoo his ex-girlfriend calls and says she's in the neighborhood she's like oh my stomach hurts and I want you to buy me soup like no hey how you doing how's life you basically told me you hate me but you gonna come over my house bitch and make me buy you soup fuck out of here anyway she tells him um he tells her that he has plans and he hangs up making her completely furious so Jiwoo and Jihoo, they go on, like they're planning this, he planned this date dinner situation at a botanical garden. And they're there and Jiwoo was like, let's do something fun while we're here. Let's, you know, spice it up a little bit. So she ordered Jihoo to stay by her side all day, no matter what. And she handcuffs him to her. So they get out of the car handcuffed and they're walking through the botanical garden close because they can't go but so far because they're handcuffed like I don't remember them holding hands but they were super close and then they do the dinner at the botanical garden now because he's handcuffed Jihoo can't really use both of his hands so then you see Jiwoo starting to feed him like she's feeding him his lunch. People in the background are like, you can hear like the little whispers in the background. Like, oh shit, she's feeding him. Like maybe we should. But like, it was like little stuff like that. And then like lunch, he, uh, during lunch, she proposes that they should date. So he's feed, she's feeding him. They're having a conversation and she's like, we should date. And he's like, nah. And he turns her down. So she's like, completely thrown off by this and doesn't really know where to go from this point because he's like I just want BDSM things and this DS dynamic well this MS basically dynamic with you and she's like oh okay right 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 cool but she still doesn't know how to act on it because she likes him. And it's evident that she likes him. It's evident that he likes her too. But I guess he's just afraid of being hurt because of what his last girlfriend did. But it was a little weird because I'm like, your last girlfriend wasn't into BDSM. This woman is your whole master and you just like, nah, we can't date. But anyway, so Jihoo, sorry, Jihoo, Jiwoo has a friend and this friend is into BDSM kink and she had no idea. So she's doing like, it jumps to this scene. Like she's talked to this friend throughout the movie. But I didn't think, honestly, when I was watching it, that this friend 
was going to be relevant because it wasn't like she told her much about anything regarding like, oh, I got a coworker. He's cute. I think he's into BDSM. She hasn't really talked about anything like that with her friends. She just hangs at like her friends. Like, I think it's like a doggy daycare. I don't know. It's like a food spot that watches dogs. It was weird. Um, but she didn't really talk to her about everything that she was doing with Jihoo. But somehow this friend circles back later in the movie and she's meeting up with somebody who's also into BDSM. And clearly you get a vibe that this man is very, you know, anti-consent. He doesn't seem like he wants to listen if she's telling him, I want to do this. I don't want to do this. And he attacks her. So he's like literally attacking her and she calls Jiwoo, like kind of like low-key on purpose butt dial Jiwoo and they hear the entire conversation happening like this guy getting aggressive and hurting her and she like shouts out where she is what the room is and like Jiwoo and Jihoo like jump up handcuffed because they forgot they were handcuffed for a minute at this dinner and everybody's like oh, they're handcuffed oh my god what is happening right now like this is so wild like <laughs> and like they run to her friend's rescue. So Jiwoo has accepted the fact that Jihoo doesn't want to date her. And she's like, you know what? Since you don't want to date me, this is going to be our final play session. Like as he was expecting, like, so he was like, you know what? Let it be at my place. We're going to make it special. He makes her dinner. And as he's expecting, like he's waiting for Jiwoo to come over, his ex-girlfriend, Hana, shows up. I'm like, here we fucking go. What I saw with this girl in the three scenes that she was in in the movie is that she is extremely manipulative and she is extremely disrespectful to him. Like she basically tells him how much she hates him and how much she hurts him. But yet you popping up at my house unannounced and you're calling me consistency, not consistency, consistently. And he basically tells her like, I'm sorry that I hurt you. This is who I am. You're just going to have to be okay with it. And then Jiwoo calls and she sees the phone ring and she's just like, and she sees the name and she's looking like, the fuck is this? So what she does doesn't say anything. And this is like the bitch of her. Like she was a horrible girlfriend. And like, like I said, it was only like three scenes. But she basically looks at him after she sees his phone ring and she just starts tossing his dinner, like the plates that he's made on the floor, like cracking the plates, food flying everywhere. And then she just leaves. But as she's leaving, Jiwoo shows up. So Jiwoo's like, oh, what's going on here? Like, what's this? And he was like, it's nothing. But like, she again she's not his girlfriend and he clearly doesn't want her as a girlfriend so she can't be like bitch what the fuck you doing here she can't do that so she like sis walks off jiwoo walks in and they're doing their final last and final um last and final scene so she ties him up and she prepares like she prepares for their final session and like they're on the bed and they're kissing and Jiwoo stops him. Jiwoo confesses why he's scared. He doesn't want to get burned because of his horrible ass ex-girlfriend. And before they could really get the scene started, 
Jiwoo's like distraught and she's like heartbroken and she's like, I'm just going to leave. Fuck it. I'm leaving. So now they are completely just functioning, no longer, you know, master slave. They're in the workspace as coworkers. However, there was a coworker there who had like a recording pin. Like if you, I guess if you snapped it, like the top of it, it would record anything that happened during the day. So one of the coworkers finds this recording of Jihoo and Jiwoo in the office, accidentally sends it to the entire company. Cause typically like he was doing these things where he would do like these voice notes and he would send them. But this time it accidentally got sent to the entire company. So everybody heard Jiwoo completely humiliating and like dragging Jihoo through the office. So at this point, they're both being talked to and talked about in the workplace. They have a like disciplinary hearing at work and the board low key, like they weren't professional at all. They seem like they were mocking this situation and getting their rocks off low key because they're just like, oh, so Jihoo, do you like being spanked or called a bad boy? Like, what the fuck? This is a disciplinary hearing. What are y'all talking about exactly? Because if y'all saying what the fuck me and Jihoo did was wrong, why the fuck is this all to y'all humor? Like y'all having a grand old time having a conversation about some shit that y'all don't know about. So they're like low key trying to like comfort Jihoo and Jihoo being of mild manner and submissiveness, like was like, fuck out of here. Like he put his hand on the table. I was like, you better put your dick on the table, Jihoo. And <laughs> he was like, stop all this bullshit. What y'all not gonna do is sit here and say all this foul shit about me and the woman that I like. And Jihoo, like Jihoo is like, bitch, what? You like me? <laughs> and like, she was like, I really don't think you should say that right now. And he was like, respectfully, I don't think that's any of your business. Like, I don't think it's any of your concern to be worried about what I'm saying right now. I was like, put your dick on the table, Jihoo. I'm sorry, if y'all hear me like smacking, I'm smacking my bed <laughs> because I record at home. And I was, he was like, I was like, put your dick on the table. Like that was the one time in the entire movie where his mildness and his meekness was like, out the window because like they were coming for his girl Jihoo and I'm like yes that's what you're supposed to do like not y'all what y'all not gonna do is sit here and disrespect my girl like fully put his shit on the table and was like fuck out of here if y'all gonna do something do something if we're gonna get fired fire us if we're not gonna get fired shut the fuck up and let us on our way so basically they were like, oh, well, you know, this was bad and it's something that can be rectified. We're going to be monitoring and kind of like telling them like we low key probably going to fire y'all, but we still want to get our rocks off and laugh at y'all humiliation. So the coworker that had the pin when they were, when Jiwoo and Jihoo, when she was humiliating him and knocking him all throughout the office and knocking papers down and throwing shit at him, she knocked the pen down, which automatically made it record. But it stayed on the floor. So it recorded everything. 
And the person who owned the pen knew that he recorded everything because it's his pen and he could hear it. And she's like, all right, so boom, you're not about to be here much longer. You about to take this other fucking job. Either you can help me expose everything and pretty much frame the others or you could just not, but you're not even going to be here. So what the fuck do you even care about this job? Let me expose these niggas and go. And she took the pen and it was somebody like the manager who was like creepy and douchey was like literally admitting to a whole affair with the coworker. It was like, so when are we going away again? Like you could hear her in the background talking to the manager who is clearly married. It's like all this little like tea and like little drama and little shit that's on this pen and she exposes it. And then all of a sudden the disciplinary hearing where everybody was a ha 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 and a kiki in mute radio silence. You didn't hear anything. And because of that, they were low key able to get their jobs back. And at the end, cause it was a quick movie. So I'm coming to the end. Like at the end, Jihu, you know, he expresses his love for her and he's like, I like you. I want you to be my girlfriend. And she was like, I want you to be my boyfriend. And they walk off like holding hands. And this is like happily ever after. So it's like love leashes and BDSM. I liked it. It was super cute. I gave you all the juiciest details I could give you in this movie. Um, It was a little all over the place as you can hear in my review, but I made detailed, detailed notes and I tried to like judge them up a little bit with my little own spill because I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. Would I watch it again? Probably because it was super freaking cute and it really made me fantasize about having a submissive man in my life because I'm like, can I humiliate him and like give him glasses or like a chain? Cause you know, I'm black. <laughs> like, can I give him like, you know, a Cuban? Like, that's mine like can I do that I really enjoyed this movie um I was supposed to watch it with Lori hey girl hey but I didn't it was one night I think like it was like a rainy night and I was like you know what I want to do a review on this movie because people are asking me to do a review on this movie so I'm gonna watch it one night and I did I did my notes I definitely if you're into BDSM if you like rom-coms if you want something cutesy that's a little alternative to the norm This is definitely the movie for you. It is super duper adorable. So I recommend if I have to give it out of 10, I would give it, I'd give it a six out of 10, 6.5 out of 10. It was cute. I enjoyed it. It was a good watch. It kept my attention again, a little bit all over the place. So that was the main thing, but super duper adorable. All right, guys, so we're not quite finished as of yet because I have an email that I received from a listener. Um, I remember when I did the Girl on Girl episode, I definitely told him like, ah, we're going to wait because it's Women's History Month. <laughs> and it wasn't, you know, shade or anything, but I was going to wait. So... I'm going to read this email that it is a little long. So y'all going to have to bear with me like, woo, sir, you, if you're listening, you're listening. 
Um, so if you could answer all of my questions that I've provided in this email, that would be amazing. Unless you can do a special long podcast episode for me answering all my questions. It's long. Um, I, I'm sitting here like, I'm like, oh, child, where do I even begin? Like, sir, I knew your email was long, but I had no idea it was that long. But you know what? Because you sent me this email and I told you I would read it. I am going to read it now. So it says, hello, Kiki. Hi, sir. I'm keeping him anonymous. Y'all know I don't, even if people tell me to give them their names, I just personally don't feel like giving their names for like, you know, safety reasons. I don't want to expose anybody, but hello, sir. So basically my girlfriend has this thing for my belly button and she wants to lick my Audi belly button with her tongue and wants to blow loud raspberries all over my belly, including my outer belly button. I don't know what to do about this. Should I let her do this to my belly button or should I sit down and talk to her about it first? Because I've never had my belly button licked before by her before or blown on either should go Either we should go on this journey with the belly button and see where it takes us or see if we both or see if this could. Okay, you're confusing me a little bit, sir. Okay, I'm going to try that again. I don't know what to do about this. Should I let her do this to my belly button or should I sit her down and talk to her about this first? Because I've never had my belly button licked by her before or blown on. Either should we go on. Or either should we go on this journey of the belly button and see where it takes us? He's looking for friendly advice. Um, And yes, I told you I would read this. So he said, just some context. We've been together for a total of 22 months. Hooray for making it to almost two years. Also, I should blow. Oh, also, if I should blow belly uh, raspberries on her belly button as well. She hasn't any. So I also could lick her belly button. Also, could you give me any advice, opinions, or tips on how I can show love or intimate love to my girlfriend's tummy or belly button? How she could do the same. And if I want to try having my belly button played with to see if I like the feeling of it, would you recommend loud raspberries to be blown on her tummy or belly button? Should I wiggle my tongue? So he's asking me these things that he should do. So I have... This, and I won't call it weird because I feel like we all have our thing. And clearly this is confirmed for me. Um, I like men's bellies. Like whether they don't have a belly, whether they have a little pooch, whether they have a belly. I like bellies. And I'm weird. I'm not weird. I'm not going to say weird because we're, I don't want that to be like a negative connotation. But I have a thing for belly buttons. I have no idea why. The last man... I won't say who he is, but the last man uh, whose belly button I did anything with, I would just poke at it. And I loved blowing raspberries. It's my thing. It is one of the ways I liked to show love, not saying in love, but like I like to show intimacy and affection to a person. I would poke in their belly button (laughs) and I'm like literally poking as we speak and I would blow raspberries. It was my thing. So I don't think... This isn't weird or anything. I want you to know that everybody has their thing that makes them comfortable. And if you want to try showing her love, I can't tell you what raspberries to blow. I can't tell you how to lick or how to do anything. Like I never licked in that person's belly, but I would just poke at it. Like I'm poking right now. 
Like I would literally stick my index finger in his belly button and just like wiggle it around. I'm like, hey, belly button, it's there. And I loved it. Like he didn't have a stomach. Um, He swore he had a dad bod. He didn't. He didn't have a stomach, but you know, he had like a cushion there. Not a lot, but he had enough where I could just like kind of like hunk on his belly if I wanted to and like poking his belly button and I would blow raspberries because it was something that made me happy and more importantly he didn't mind it wasn't something that turned us on sexually it was just if I just happened to be near his stomach or if I'm like climbing on top of him on top of him I would just like blow raspberries and poking his belly button so like I said this is a long email so there are certain parts I'm just gonna go to like I've read it just to let you know sir I have read the whole thing but some of it like for context because I want to answer your questions I'm gonna go to the parts of the email where you're asking questions or you're just discussing like your belly button so you said you don't know if this is a kink a fetish that she has with your belly button um or if it's just a belly button obsession she has, or if she gets off on it because my belly button sticks out due to me having an Audi. I don't know what to do about this because my belly button is an Audi as well. And it's one of those unusual belly buttons that stick out a bit. I know not many people have Audi belly buttons. Um, only a small number of people. I'm one of those people. I've always been extremely self-conscious about my belly button because I couldn't figure out when I was a kid. I'm like, why is my belly button sticking out? You could literally see my whole belly. Like it wasn't poking or anything like hernia poking, but my stomach, it was just there. Like you could literally put like, you could do shots of my belly button. That's how wide it was and how open it was. It wasn't like the deep belly button. Like you had to clean out. Like I could just be like soap, rinse out, go. <laughs> um, so I'm really self-conscious above my belly button. Same. Due to it being an Audi, but I would really appreciate some friendly, sorry guys, friendly advice, opinions, or tips from you on what I should do about this. I'm okay with touching, blowing raspberries on her any inner any belly button. So if you could give me any advice, opinions, or tips on that, that would be brilliant and amazing. Um, also, if you could give me any advice, opinions, or tips or thoughts on things that we can do to each other's belly buttons in the bedroom in bed together because surely there are lots that can be done um, in the belly button area especially with the mouth tongue and teeth okay so I'm gonna start there I again it wasn't sexual for me um I will blow raspberries on anybody. I just like blowing raspberries. I just feel like it's a little part of my love language because I'm very big into physical touch and I, I need to be touched. I want to be touched. And when people I'm involved with have like physical touch as their love language, I'm just gonna just blow raspberries and poke in their belly button. <laughs> so I wish, unfortunately, I don't have anything that's sexual, but I, or like, intimate I would say explore with sensations because the belly button is is not an unusual area but it is an area that we don't really pay a lot of attention to and I can't speak for everybody but I know like me personally so I would start with things that could increase sensitivity like maybe you should tickle her a little there like maybe a little vibrate or maybe like a little you know wax or feathers like I would start with sensation things that would actually tickle or prick like prick a little bit or burn a little bit that's where I would start because you never know I would start with temperature play 
you could do ice cubes. You could do, again, hot wax. Make sure it's a, you know, a safe, like, wax play wax. Not like a candle because you could burn her and you can burn yourself. I would start there. If she likes to lick yours, she likes to blow raspberries, ask her what she wants done to her belly button. Because you're going to get the best response from asking a person what it is exactly that they want. I am a true believer in that. So I would ask her and like discuss literally what I just said to you, like, are you interested in trying feathers or wax or ice cubes, maybe a little vibrator, maybe, uh, you know, a little Wartenberg wheel. I just talked about that in Weekly with Kiki, like start, you have to start somewhere with sensation because you don't know, especially with you having an Audi, you don't know how it's going to feel to have something prickle or tickle your belly button. Okay, guys, so I'm going to give you, um, I read the email, of course, I'm going to give you some cliff notes. So first of all, congratulations on you having a healthy, thriving, almost two year relationship. He does put in the email that they are planning to try for babies. And I say congratulations to you in advance, because I definitely see that being something that's going to happen. I know you mentioned in your email that you weren't really sexually active before or had sex before your partner. So I'm hoping that you all are exploring and you're learning things that you like to do and learning things sexually that you like to do to her. I hope that journey for you is going amazingly because I want that for everybody. But I know you asked in the email, you was like, also me and my partner want to know the best ways for me to bond or love on her belly button during the pregnancy stage. Is kissing her belly a good way to make the little one wiggle, move around or blow raspberries to achieve doing this? Unfortunately, I am so sorry, my love. I've never been pregnant. So I can't like fully, you know, baby, I can't tell you what to do in that situation if anyone who's listening if this has been a thing for you and you've been pregnant what did your partner do to you know bond with the baby and because they're talking about belly buttons and I know when women are pregnant their belly buttons protrude so I would ask you know anybody who's out here if you could get back to me and let me know what are some of the things that he can do to, you know, bond and interact with the baby when she does get to that point in the pregnancy, because I'm not sure. I wish, I really wish I had more information that I could give you. Um, I know both of you are young. You said you're 23 and she's 20. Again, congratulations. Please take it slow. You have so much life like to live at 20 and 23, but I, I, I'm so sorry. I can't tell you, but I know blowing raspberries definitely is my favorite thing. And the louder, the better that's for me. And again, this person did not mind when I blew raspberries and poked in his belly button, but I know everyone's not like that. So you two, this is literally going to be a journey for you two. You're going to have to experiment and see what works best for the both of you. Because once you figure it out, then you'll be, you'll be coasting. But first you have to experiment. I can't give you the blueprint to you all's pleasure. You literally have to start somewhere. And I would say start with sensory. Heat, cold, ice, wax, feathers, maybe a little whip, like, you know, a little cane or something. Um, 
nothing too harsh because the belly button is a sensitive area. You don't want to hurt anything or cause any problems, but I would definitely start there. Also, like I said, I'm going to keep you amazing. I mean, I'm going to keep you amazing. I'm going to keep you anonymous. Thank you for being amazing. Um, thank you for thanking me. He says also keep up the amazing podcast work as kinky kiki. I love your podcast. It's absolutely amazing. And I love being one of your listeners as well. Each week when you upload new episodes, you do some absolutely fabulous episodes each week as well. Keep up the amazing hard work for this podcast. Thank you so much. You are amazing. And I really hope this journey that you and your partner are about to embark on is phenomenal. I would say experiment, 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 just learn what each other likes, don't like, you know, your dislikes, everything that's a hard limit or not a hard limit as you go through this journey of belly button love. So good luck to you. Please keep me updated. Congratulations on the future engagement as well as the future babies. I hope everything goes well for you and your partner. And I'm going to bring this episode to a close. You guys can follow me on Instagram, Kinks with Kiki podcast. You can also follow me on Twitter. I'm private, so just be mindful. Uh, Kinks with Kiki. Email me if you have any questions, comments, or concerns like this lovely gentleman here. Kinkswithkiki at gmail.com. Rate, review, subscribe to me on Apple Podcasts. I've been charting. I'm a little weird, weirded out by charting on like Apple Podcasts, but hooray. Still a little freaked out that it's even happening because I feel like I'm nobody. But anyway, <laughs> imposter syndrome is real. So like, rate, review, subscribe. Let's get me up there, y'all. Exposure, exposure. And as always, I am your dose of black girl in this kinky as world. And until next time, peace.